announcement category, there's a rather important announcement and uh, all those wrapped gifts over there. That's the important announcement. That's at the end of the service, our children will be receiving those. And children is a, a loosely used term, I suppose up to about 12 or 13 years old is kind of the idea there. And so we have, I think, uh, plenty for uh, boys and girls. And um, we will let the, the parents, um, you know, maybe even if you have a very small child, one years old, two years old, feel free to get one. And, um, and the parents can watch over that until the right age. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 tonight. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. And um, if you don't, you can just listen along. Luke chapter 2, page 972 in the Simplified King James Version. I think you all knew what story we would be doing tonight. And uh, as we read this story and look at the truth of it, I hope that whether it hits your ears as old or new, it will be truth and grace to your heart tonight. Luke chapter 2, and uh, I'll begin reading in verse 1. You can remain seated. The Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered for a census. And this census was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was great with child, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And in the same country, there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord came to them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not fear, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For to you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign to you, you shall find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger." And suddenly, with the angel, there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. They came in a hurry and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they widely made known the saying that was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it wondered at those things that were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. Let's pray. Lord, we turn to you now in this moment 
bless this service and right now bless this word as your scripture has been read and as I speak. I pray that the truth of your word would cause all people here to see you more clearly, to know you, to rejoice in you, um, draw those who lack faith to find faith. And Lord, for those who have it, may it be strengthened and may we learn and grow and be blessed by your word here tonight. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. Last Sunday, we uh, took some folks from the church and we went to a nursing home and sang some carols. We had a good time there at Mitchell's nursing home. While we were there, I asked the people to share a memory of a Christmas that they enjoyed, something that they liked. And um, different ones, sometimes it was about a gift that they received or different things, but different ones shared some memories there of their favorite Christmas. Um, maybe I should have just for fun asked them what was their worst Christmas. Maybe those are the kind of Christmases you want to forget, right? Your worst Christmas. Um, things go wrong, things went uh, sideways in little or big things, and you think, boy, that was a Christmas I just want to forget. Um, I can't prove it, but I wonder if Mary and Joseph thought that things were going quite awry and things were not going well when they ended up in the stable with the animals. Anyone who understands childbirth and understands normal life, they would say that's the last place you would want to give birth. And yet what's more, so much more unique about this story is not that something went bad somewhere in history, but that the God who can put all things together as he so chooses, put things together this way, right? We, I mean, we have the governor of Syria and we have the taxing and this is what brought Mary and Joseph. And so God arranged all these details. And yet this, this certain part of the story about the stable and the manger and, and uh, being where they were, that was too under the controlling hand of God. And so God decided and he determined that this is how things should be done. We're just going to look at the story and we're going to draw some application here tonight. God had brought about this census and uh, perhaps connected to a taxation event, but people were having to register in their city. And so David and Mary leave Nazareth. They go to Bethlehem to be registered. And they had to go to the place of their birth. And Bethlehem was the house of David. It was the place where David was anointed to become king. And when they came and they registered there, there was an external sign or an external authentication that they were of the house of David. The promised Messiah was to come from the house of David. In fact, he was to come to rule on the throne of David. And so Joseph comes, Mary comes, and yet as we read in Luke chapter 1, this child was conceived of the Holy Spirit. And so Joseph is there as a legal guardian, as the legal father, we might say, but not the physical father of the child. It says in verse 4 that they went up from Galilee. That is a reference to going uphill, okay? Going south is the direction. But they went uphill all the way up to Jerusalem and then on to Bethlehem. And um, it says there that in verse 6, while they were there. We don't know if it was the day they arrived. We don't know if it was days later. But while they were there, the baby was to be delivered. The scripture says the inn was full. The people had come. There was many people coming for this event, uh, this taxation, this registering. And so uh, the inn was full, and they had no place 
for the baby to be born. They go to the stable. We don't know if it was a cave. We don't know where it was, if it was set apart. It may have even been just connected right there in the building, and they simply went to the nearest place they had. For those of you that have given birth, you might know that sometimes it happens rather quickly. And uh, they may have just grasped at whatever was available in the moment. I don't know what Mary and Joseph were feeling or thinking that night. They were privileged. They were honored of God. But just because they were privileged and honored of God did not mean this was easy or that all things went simply. Uh, Mary was probably exhausted. She's probably very alone. This was not her hometown. Many who give birth kind of line up some help ahead of time. They have a, a doula or a friend or someone to come assist them. But Mary is quite alone. She's out of her comfort zone on so many levels. And so the baby could come at any time. She was tired. Where could they go? I wonder what she did in those hours, those moments of pain. Sometimes it's a short birth. Sometimes it's a long delivery process. But I do know this. Mary had a word from Elizabeth in Luke 1. This is several months prior, but Elizabeth uh, and Mary meet. And I, I was thinking of this earlier uh, this week. Mary comes into Elizabeth's presence. You know what Elizabeth says to her? Elizabeth says to Mary, Blessed are you who believe the Lord. And she, she points out that Mary believed the Lord. And when, when the angel came and said, You will conceive a child, Mary believed it. She embraced it, and she said, it will be thus to me as you have said, right? She embraced it. And so I would imagine if she had faith at that moment, that she would have faith at this moment. And she probably cried out to, to God, and she trusted in the Lord to help her. And so she gives birth. God would work things out. Maybe not how she wanted, maybe not in her way, but God would work things out. Mary was trusting in the Lord. And you know, uh, a father would want his child to be born in the best of places. Joseph, I think, did his best to find a place for his wife. But it was God the Father who would decide where she would be born. And God the Father determined that it should be the stable, and it came according to God the Father's will. You know, uh, let me just say a word about Joseph here. Joseph... Um, I think every husband feels a little bit like an outsider at birth. If you are a husband, maybe you can identify. But the, the woman or the wife, she has such a different experience and a closeness. And as a husband, you know, you can only sit there and hold her hand. But for Joseph, he was maybe even more an outsider because he was not the, the physical father. And he was not fully married to Mary yet. And yet he was called to be there to be a participant. Mary the mother, God the father. This is how the Son of God comes into the world. Verse 7 says, She brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Into the manger went the baby. Into that place where the animals would eat. And a little later, the angel will say, this is how you will know that you have found the Son of God. This will be the sign to you. The sign will be you will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And that place that maybe seems like such a last resort, 
such a poor excuse for a crib is now the very sign that God will use to point the shepherds to his child. So verse 8 tells us, In the same country there were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. The shepherds are watching their flocks. They're in the darkness. It is nighttime. The Bible tells us that, uh, that they are there, and that is when the angel appears, when the light shines down upon them. These shepherds, you know, they're not the refined type. They're not the educated type. These are farmers, shepherds, uh, rough hands, smelly clothes. You know, I, I thought about this, though. They did fit in with the smells of the stable, didn't they? They wouldn't have been turned off by the smells of that stable. That would have been normal to them. This is the welcoming committee that God decided to be for his son. Shepherds and Joseph and Mary. We don't know of any others for sure. These were the welcoming committee. Why these shepherds? Why shepherds at all? We don't know all the reasons why, but may I just remind us of one thing? This town is the town of Bethlehem. And I told you earlier that Bethlehem was the house of David. If you know anything about the story of David, David had a long period before he became king. And when he had his earlier period of his life, he was anointed king there at Bethlehem when Samuel came and anointed him king. But do you know what, da what David was doing when he was anointed king? He was a shepherd. He was a shepherd watching the sheep. And he was anointed king, and yet there was a long period of his life where he was not at all king. He, was, he ran for his life. He was persecuted. He had a very rough time for several decades there before he became king. And when we think of Bethlehem now and the coming of the Son of God, God decides that it will be shepherds who will welcome his son. And so the shepherds come. They come to see. They come to look for themselves. It's the nighttime. The shepherds come in. I guess they were available at that time of night. Many were probably not available. Maybe they were open to believing the angels. But they came. And I just try to, in my mind's eye, imagine, when they entered the stable, what was their first reaction? Were they very quiet and just looking, you know, very respectful? Um, I don't know how they came in. Did they, did they cry? Did they want to touch his head? Um, maybe they smiled and even danced. Who knows? But these are shepherds, and they are the first to see the Son of God. But can I remind us all, they are not the last to see the Son of God. They're the first, but they are not the last. And so the shepherds come in, they worship, they see, and the Bible tells us that they later would go out and talk to others. They would look, and they would tell, and other people would listen. And uh, we'll talk about some of the outcomes in just a moment here. I want to talk about the story, and specifically about Christ here, as we go further I think the Christmas story, the story of Christmas, and how Christ entered our world tells us a couple things, shows us a couple things. I think it reminds us that we need to look for the Lord and his workings in all sorts of situations. Sometimes we like to think that when everything works out perfectly, that's where the Lord is. When everything is on track and, and everything is on time and all the money is there and when the situation is just perfect, that is where the Lord is. 
But you know, the Christmas story reminds us that sometimes God's greatest works are done when things are not as they should be in our minds. When life is not perfect, and when things are not coming together as we anticipate. This is sometimes when God does his greatest works. Mary and Joseph, they had some awareness, I believe. They knew this was the Christ, this was the moment. And yet, when those shepherds came, I think they realized over time, God wanted them in that stable. That's where God wanted them. Do you know this, this book of Luke? Let me just take a moment. Luke wrote this book, and you know how he wrote it? Luke was a, a, a doctor and a historian, and he wrote his book by interviewing people. And he talked to different ones, and he wrote down, and he made records, apostles, the family, and you know who he spoke with? He spoke with Mary. And he interviewed Mary. And when we read this account, Luke was not here. Luke was not a shepherd or something, okay? Luke was never here. But you know who he got his, his record from? From Mary. And the Bible later will say Mary pondered these things in her heart, right? She kept these things in her heart. So the Christmas story reminds us that, um, that sometimes we find the work of God, or beauty, if you will, in the mess and chaos of life. But secondly, I want us to see how we... We need to recognize that sometimes God not only works through difficult things, but unexpected things. In other words, situations that are not what we would imagine. Let's remember who this is coming into the world. This is the God of glory. This is the God of the Old Testament. And when, when the Bible in Luke 2 says glory to God in the highest, it's a, a reference to uh, God having honor and praise and um, boasting in God, taking joy in God. And all through the Old Testament, God has been a God of glory. He's been a God of, of um, power and of might and of shining. And, I mean, it, at the Ten Commandments, when the Ten Commandments were given, the Bible says that there was dark clouds and there was thundering and, and there was the noise of a trumpet. I mean, this is the God of, of that time. And then when, when the temple is dedicated, the Bible says that a, a blazing light fell from heaven and was there over the Holy of Holies. And we have this shining light. And I think maybe in the average Jew's mind, they thought, when Messiah comes, they will be in flaming light coming down. But when Messiah came, do you know what it was? Quiet, stable, smelly, very different, right? But this is the Lord. This is Christ, the Son of God. And he's the God of the Old Testament. And it does, it does connect with the angels saying, glory to God in the highest, right? Jesus deserved his glory, and, and he got it in his own sort of way. You know, the Bible even says that a heavenly multitude appeared to them. These angels appeared. And it was just a year or two ago, I realized, reading in, in Hebrews 1, verse 6, that Hebrews 1, 6 says that when the first begotten was born into the world, that God said, let all the angels of God worship him. So I believe that that night, every angel of heaven was looking down to earth. And those angels that had used to look to Christ the Son this way, as in into heaven, they now look to Christ the Son this way, looking down upon him. The Bible also says he was made lower than the angels. And so here he is, the God of glory, receiving glory, and yet he is the little child in the manger. Sometimes God shows up in unexpected places. He does things in ways that we do not expect. 
let me just take a moment and talk about perspective. Different people saw this differently, right? I mean, all throughout the scripture, we can find people that look at Jesus with a certain point of view. I mean, when those shepherds came into that stable, they had a mind about who that baby was. This is the Son of God, right? They had heard from the angels. When Mary held that baby in her, in her arms, she had a perspective on who this baby was. She knew this is the Son of God. And there were others that were a little more distant. And they were the ones that were sort of like, hmm, what is this? Hmm, maybe they heard from the shepherds. Yeah, we saw these angels, and we went, and it was just like the sign. Hmm, who, who is this Jesus? Who is this Son of God? Who is this one born with all this special events? What is the nature of this baby? Can I say that 2,000 years later, people are still trying to figure out who exactly is Jesus? Who is he really? What's this all about? Some tonight will say, well, there is this great tradition we have called Christmas, and it's a tradition, and it's been passed down, and it's sort of this story, you know, and certainly over the years it's sort of morphed, and you know the game of telephone and so on, and, and they'll say, really, all we just, we, we get a feeling of, of joy and uh, happiness. That's the spirit of Christmas. But there are others where we look to the scripture, and we read the story, and we hear the truth from God's word, and we say, this Jesus is not just some person, somewhere, somebody. This is the Son of God. This is the one given for us. The one given for our sins. See, when we know Christ personally, when we have a, a confidence in Him personally, it changes our life. It changes our thinking. It changes our heart. And the Bible says that when, we're, when we are born again, we become a new creature. Here is the the newly born son of God, a person would look at a baby like that and say, what can a baby do for me? Right? What can a baby do for me? You know the normal question with babies is, what can we do for the baby? Right? That's how it works. But as time would go by and as he lived his life and as he taught and as he healed and as he did his miracles and as he went about the earth doing good, he pointed the truth to God. He was the, a light in a dark world. He was truth in a world of confusion. He was grace in a world of hurt. This is Jesus, the Son of God. For those who know him, for those who have trusted him, Christmas is a time where we, we remember. We go back and, and we remember the story. We look to who he is, how he came, and it's sort of like a renewal for us. It's, it's just a remembering, a refreshing, it's a joyous time. I recognize there are some that Christmas is a little bit of a fuzzy thing. It's like family and, you know, it's some time off work and so on. And maybe you don't have a personal connection to Christ. I don't know your specific heart or faith. But I want to speak for those at this moment that do know Christ. Christmas is a reminder that Jesus has come and he came for us. Because he came, because he lived and died for us, we can have peace, true peace in our heart. There's a Christmas song that I've heard recently that I want to read the words to. And it kind of summarizes what this means for me as a child of God, thinking of Christ coming for me. And let me just read the words. It goes like this. All is well. All is well. Angels and men rejoice. For tonight, 
darkness fell into the dawn of love's light. All is well. All is well. Let there be peace on earth. Christ has come. Go and tell that He is in the manger. All is well. All is well. Lift up your voices and sing. Born is now Emmanuel. Born is our Lord and Savior. Sing Alleluia. Sing Alleluia. All is well. Christ came that He would forgive our sins. He came to make all things well. And really, I guess what when I read those words and I think about the Christmas story, the fact that I know Jesus does not mean I don't have problems, I never sin, that I'm somehow better than other people. That's not, not at all what it means. What it means is that I am okay with God because He has forgiven me. He's cleansed me. And that means that the challenges I face in life, I face together with Him. And that upon my death, I will be taken to be in His direct presence. And I will be with Him forever. And He will be with me forever. And that means that any problem I face, any sin I may sin, any trouble I may have, I meet it with Christ. And I'm not alone. And therefore I can sing, all is well. Truly, it's, it's all is well. And as I look at the Christmas story, I think about this truth. I hope you in your heart could say, all is well. Because I have Him. And I know Christ. And I rejoice in Him. I believe in Him. And He is my answer. The last thing I'll say as we wrap up here tonight is that if Jesus is Son of God, if Jesus is the one who can cleanse and forgive sin, if Jesus is this, if He is who the Bible says He is, then you know what? He's the most important guy ever. There's no one else more important than Him. There's no other thing more serious than He. And that's why we, as believers, can live our lives for Jesus. Because He is worth it, He is worthy, and He is the Son of God. So we put on Christmas plays, we come to church, and we sing, and we tell, and we live for Him as best we can, because He is the Son of God. He is this worthy one. And every Christmas, we pull out the decorations, and we sing the Christmas carols, and we do the things we do, because He is the Son of God. He's worthy. That's who He is. And He gives us joy and peace and grace as we march through this life. In our highs and our lows, Jesus meets us there. This is our Christ. This is our Savior. So we can sing, we can rejoice, and we can know in Christ that all is well. Let's bow our heads in prayer here tonight. We're going to wrap up with a word of prayer. I just want each of you to know that if you have deeper questions about Christ, we know that it's not all resolved or answered in just a short sermon. But if you want to speak further with one of our pastoral staff or someone from the church here, we have cards in the seat in front of you. You can just jot on there. I'd like to talk with someone. We'll reach out to you by phone or in some other way to help you know Christ, to help you come to faith in Christ. The Word of God has all the answers, and we just want to be a help if that would be a help to you. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word given here tonight. Thank you for the simple and ever old but ever new Christmas story. Thank you for coming as you came, coming to our world, joining us in it, living it perfectly, and then going to the cross for our sins. 
Lord, we know there's more to come. Your story is not finished. There is a future that awaits us all. And I ask you, Lord, that you will help us to, to know you and to live for you. For any here that do not know you by faith and maybe are confused in some ways, I pray that they would find clarity this Christmas season. May this 